Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. <laughs> I'm Sam Wilson. Joining me as always, Zach Schneider. Liz Tory, And we're joined by a very special guest today. Hello. My name is Steph House. And I love these three people. And I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. It's great to see you. It's been I, I haven't seen I haven't seen you in many years. Yeah. It's been been a long time. Yeah. I feel like we've like I've been keeping up with you guys and everything because it's social media and everything. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's definitely a way to, to keep up with people, you know, from college and stuff like that. It's like I'm always kind of watching, you know, what, what, what people are up to. But it's yeah, great to see you again. How's how's everything going with you, Steph? Oh, it's going great. I'm I'm super excited to be here and talk about like what I've been doing and uh, talk about one of uh, my one of the most iconic horror uh, icons ever to icon ever uh, Cassandra <laughs> Peterson um, she's amazing so yeah then what you know I'm a I'm a I'm a hot redhead a hot funny redhead and she's a hot funny redhead and I feel like you know it's it just makes sense for us to be doing a <laughs> podcast about her exactly yeah so we are going to be talking Elvira mistress of the dark today uh, specifically the 1988 movie we might talk a little bit about the character in general but yeah, how's everybody else doing? Liz, what you been up to this past week? Oh, well, when this comes out, my uh, horror show, Hickville Love and Horror, would have debuted at the Pack Theater. I'm excited about it. We have lots of projections in it. You know me and my projections. <laughs> oh, I wish I was there. Gosh. And getting ready to do more stand-up. When this comes out, the weekend this comes out, I'll be doing stand-up with uh, Tranma from TikTok, uh, Tuesday Thomas. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Zach, what you been up to, man? Not much. Just been busy with that coding boot camp. Uh, after Ooh. this, uh, I'm going to be uh, spending all all night working on that. And uh, yeah, so the have not had a lot of time to focus on other stuff. Um, can I ask a question, Zach? Of course, yes. Can you see, like in the Matrix now, is everything coded and you look at like like your curtains and you start to see the code that went into making those curtains? You know, I'd like to say no, but unfortunately when I go to a lot of websites I do find myself thinking it's like, now how does that feature work out? <laughs> oh it's no. He's starting problem. to see the simulation. We gotta call the agents in there. <laughs> what are you up to, Sam? What are you up to? Yeah, I mean, just Halloween stuff. Uh, we I just did a, uh, my my, my parents' uh, Halloween costume this past my, my parents' Halloween party this past weekend. I got to try out my my costume for the first time uh, this this past weekend uh, as Eddie Munson from uh, the fourth season of Stranger Things. So that was that was a Genius. fun one to kind of get to do. When this comes out, it'll be the week after Halloween. But we, we, yeah, we're definitely uh, excited to, to do all the Halloweeny stuff. And uh, yeah, spooky season definitely upon us for sure. So spooky season can last even after Halloween. Why not? Spooky season's spooky over. Se- when we it's say always it's spooky over. season here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why. That's why we're talking about Elvira today. Because because the spooky <laughs> season never stops. Yes. <laughs> spooky season lasts until the first day of spring. Mm-hmm. And then it's spooky spring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I could talk about myself if you wanted me to. 
We yeah, would love yeah, to talk yeah. about what's, what's been, what's, What have you been up to? What have you been up to this past? I gotta say, since we last saw you the last few years ago or whatever, <laughs> like what, what, what's been going on in your life? So I am a, a creative operator over at uh, Meow Wolf, um, which Ooh. is an interactive art museum. And it's the most wild place that I've ever worked. Uh, I actually am performing for a living. Like my nine to five job is performing. And it's, it's incredible. Yes. I get to create these characters and, and embody this experience and really just be the interactive part of the art museum, which is really, really cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds really, really cool. Yes. Can I ask your opinion about something? Yes, you can absolutely. Well, I can, I can try, I'm going to try to be as diplomatic as possible because they are not paying me for this. And I have also not been coached by the publicity person. So I, I would happily take any, uh, I'll, you you just ask your question and I will, I will answer it accordingly. And then if I have more to say, I will, I will ping you. <laughs> you and I participated in the uh, Face of Horror this this year. Uh, we we were trading votes. Uh, what was your opinion of the of the competition? Just just as a horror nerd, you can be honest because I would like to give my honest opinion. Okay, but- of course. Yeah. Well, I you know I I didn't ex- I went in ex- not expecting to win. But like I, I had a good time. Um, I feel like if I had more of a, it, it's 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 popularity contest. I think and like I like those yes. things are. I think that if there was like more competitions, like if that would be f- like have been something that would have been really cool to see. Like if the if they were generating content around uh, getting votes and everything, maybe that would have been yeah. something that probably maybe 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 you're thinking similarly or what 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 was your opinion? I, I, I felt lackluster once it started. Um Jim uh Jim Vindiola, he's a he's a really great uh short horror filmmaker. Um he's the one that created the competition. And what it is is it's a national competition uh, for uh, horror freaks like ourselves to join in to try to get votes every day. You can talk your friends into giving money and giving more votes, which the winner gets $13,000 and you get to meet uh, uh, Kane Hodder, uh, who played Jason more times than any other actor. The the whole money aspect, I, t- I think, chased a lot of votes away, so... But you have to raise that money somehow or another. I think that it was a genius idea, but I think that it needs a lot more horror build up a lot more. I think it was a good first year. Yeah, I would, I would encourage if you're, if you're a huge horror fan to, to look into it maybe for next year. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I wasn't really involved in that, but I, I know that there was a similar thing. Like I, I saw a bunch of friends who had kind of entered themselves into that. And I also saw that there was a similar competition for bands, for rock bands that happened recently that uh, for, as far as voting to get them to uh, like, I think the, the, the winner gets to like open for somebody in like the Hollywood Bowl or something like that. It's a national competition. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, my, our friends, uh, like I'm in, I'm in a band called Gas Station Boner Pills and our friend uh, Proxy entered that and I voted for them like pretty much every day but like there's also kind of a monetary aspect to that like they got decently far like it was kind of a regional thing where you kind of have to get you know a certain number of steps in they got decently far in the competition and then, then got voted out but 
I, I also kind of feel kind of weird about those things with with the, the yeah. kind of the, kind of paying for votes because it's a popularity contest, and then it also becomes who has the richest friends. Like that's yes, really exactly. that's what it kind of feels like to me, and that that that's that's the part of it that kind of like. Okay, but this isn't really determining who's like the best. It's just determining who has the most disposable income, which is which is quintessentially show business. Yes, it is. This may come as a big surprise to you, Sam, but most of the projects that I have gotten into, it wasn't my talent that got me into it. It's because I could bring money to the table. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fair. It is the way it is. Uh, I I hate it. I hate that because there are so many talented people out there. But it, and it does feel weird, but there's something about buying votes that feels like, like it, it, it's even more like we're not even pretending like this is anything else. Like, I don't know. There's, there's something like way more blatant about that and to you me. Know, just like, like, that's uh, a great segue into Mistress of, da- of the, because that's how it begins is her leading money. What do you think? Yes. The, the, the guy just sexually harassed me and now he this wants money. It's, and that's yeah so she and wow amazing there's this beautiful woman a beautiful uh mother that a figure that's going to give her money and she comes in and she comes into her it's oh it's it's brilliant let's yeah let's let's yeah let's get into it so spoilers will start here for Elvira Mistress of the Dark so if you haven't seen this movie I mean I don't really know how much people really cared about being spoiled for this movie but you know (laughs) 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 but yes let's go ahead and start talking about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and talking about the character of Elvira. Uh, as, as you're mentioning, Seth, like, you know, trying to raise a certain amount of money to be able to perform in, in Vegas is kind of her main objective this this entire movie. So you're right, it does yep. kind of play into that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of the way that show business works. Uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts on El- Elvira in general as a character and the way she's sort of used in this movie? Oh, I think she's brilliant. I think that she uses all the best. I, I just, I just think that she's a freaking. She's an icon for a reason, because uh, she she puts what you want about a woman up front and center, and and then you have no choice but to listen to her speak. You know, like it's 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 so inspirational to me uh, that, that and, and I don't know like you how do you how do you feel about it? Oh, how do I feel about it? Oh, oh, you're throwing it to me. Oh, oh, you know, okay, I I will say this. I I think that the character herself is probably the most entertaining thing about the movie. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I I went into this not really knowing a whole lot about Elvira. I never was really an Elvira person. Like, but my understanding is that it started off as being like what we see in the beginning that it was like she wasn't she didn't start off as a movie character it was like a tv like presentational let's show you this cheesy schlock horror movie and have these segments where we cut to her and she kind of makes fun of it during the commercial breaks or whatever like that that's that was my understanding of what elvira is which which to me the fact that like we're making a movie about that it feels like let's make an MST3K movie where it's just the human and the three robots, but they're not going to watch a movie and make fun of it. And it's like, but that's the whole point of it, though. Like, but it is a movie that she would have. Um, she would have. Hmm. You know, it's it's the kind of movie that she would have really lampooned yeah, yeah, and everything. It's, it's the schlocky. It's the schlocky B horror movie that you know she would be reviewing and talking about on her show. Um, I do find it kind of funny that the entire plot can basically be 
summed up as Footloose meets uh, Schlocky B horror movie. <laughs> it, it was it was basically Footloose, but that was kind of my problem. It's like I almost wish that it leaned more into being a Schlocky B horror movie because like it kind of becomes that in the second half. But the first half is just this very kind of generic, like you know, fish out of water. Like, oh, I'm in a small town, and I don't know. It's just it, it felt very generic in the beginning to me. Like in, in a way where it's like I, the first half of it, you could have dropped any character into this situation. It would have had basically the same story is is what it felt like to me. Like, it became more of an Elvira movie as it went along, but... You're absolutely right, but that's Elvira's... That's Elvira's story. That's what she's lived. Well, is this based on a true story? What? Like... (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's basically a slice of her life. I mean, she's... She was a performer that had to make her own way. Ever since she was very young, very young... The thing about Elvira is, like, she's the perfect woman. She's the perfect woman. And for some reason, that's still not enough for male Hollywood. And I think that that's what's so brilliant about this movie is that she's taken out of that world and put into small town America. And um, small town America doesn't like Elvira. Why don't they like Elvira? She's perfectly nice. She's just she's painting. She's painting her house with all the neighborhood boys. What's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) it really gets into the it really gets into the uh the misfits you know there's always the black sheep no matter what city you go into no matter what town you go into there's the black sheep you grow up in a small town they don't understand you you don't understand them let's be honest you don't understand them and the way they think either and you think they're just as weird as they think you are and so she's in this town people are nice to her because she's attractive and they're really nice to her up front, except for the, except for the more, uh, morality crusaders. And she uses that to her advantage all the time throughout the movie. And it's an, it's amazing yeah. to see that. And that's what she's faced her whole life is being called a devil worshiper, being called a trollop, a whore, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's something that misfits around around the country can connect to and they'll go and watch this movie especially since it has this plucky character who is over the top but is also able to connect with these misfits you know it it delves into that you might be a misfit but it's okay to be who you are i think it speaks in droves I'm glad that it gets to the plucky horror, but I'm also glad that the plucky horror is just a small part of the movie because most of Elvira's entertainment, the way she switches out her words, the vaudevillian way of speaking, the vaudevillian way of moving is her way of, uh, of saying, see, I am you. It's just you think I'm weird because of my big boobs. And with her, it's big boobs. With the next person, it'll be... Their black lipstick. Their disabilities, or yeah, like it's yeah, or just exactly. yeah, the the fact that they don't constrain to the heteronormative cookie cutter beautiful uh, small town America that she is put herself in. Especially in the eighties and eighty eight, we were just coming out of the Reagan regime at the very end of the Reagan regime, and they were really big on that het normative. They were huge. So, I mean, looking at that, Elvira was taking a stand. The real villain 
was, of course, this dark magician who wanted to take everybody out in the end, who turned them into pigs. But he fit in very well, and the people of the town liked him and saw them as the one that would save them. And it was Elvira, the one, the new person, the different person that saved them. And then the woman that is using her sexuality to her advantage and, and, and owning her sexuality and being like, Hey, I am fully realized into who I am. I'm very, I'm a very sexual being, but I'm also incredibly funny and incredibly talented and everything. And she's like, I just love it. How's your head? I've never had any complaints. (laughs) Oh, you mean. (laughs) Because she wrote a book, Cassandra Peterson did. And and in the very beginning of the book, she describes just auditioning for the character of Elvira. And she was actually the only one in the audition that didn't dress up like what they were looking for. Uh, She just came as herself. And it was, and it, they cast her because she was just so brilliant and funny and beautiful. Uh, and I, I just, I just, she's a fantastic actress. Uh, the uncle Vince character. I really liked him. He's your traditional villain, not super complex. Not particularly. No, he puts on that, that smile and he, and he makes people think that he likes them, but he really doesn't give a shit about anybody except for himself. Yeah, and originally it was going to be played by Vincent Price, which didn't happen, unfortunately, because it was too rude for Vincent Price. Also, this movie is so brilliant in and of itself, but it could have had so many other... It could have had Tim Burton as a director, but he was doing Beetlejuice. It could have had Vincent Price in it. Um, yeah, and it could have had Brad Pitt as one of the teenagers. But <laughs> Elvira oh, was wow. like, no, no, he's too cute. Too cute, too cute. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. He's too, yeah. He would have taken away from the from the one that was supposed to be the hunk. If it, if it were a few years later, I think he was a little bit young, but if it were a few years later, he definitely could have played the, the Bob character, actually. He Absolutely. Totally could have. Yeah. Bob, who's basically the very boring, just hunky, just, I'm just here to be muscly he's, guy. He's just <laughs> the sweet, he's the sweet himbo, is yeah. his entire deal. He's the sweet himbo, yes, he is the sweet himbo. Sweet himbos that own movie theaters, uh, he's... Uh, Again, perfect guy, um, kind of clueless. And also, like, Elvira doesn't end up with him, which is amazing. I think that that's an amazing yeah. choice. Because she she's she's a career woman. She's like, I don't I don't have time for the, the perfect guy. Uh, the, for me, I don't have time to settle down in this small town. I've got to go and do show business and be a big, big star and, and, and be Rambo and rap. I'll see you when I swing back through town, baby. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, isn't he, uh, isn't he there at the end? He's, you know, watching from the sidelines. It's like, she's not stopping out time for Bob. Bob, you know, is going along in her Bob tour. Bob has to come with her, yes. <laughs> As a groupie? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I will say one thing that I'll say about the end of the movie is that I actually was expecting it to end in this, this type of thing of like, Oh, she didn't get to go to, to she didn't get to go to Vegas, but she found like something she didn't know oh. she was looking for in the small town type of thing. So I'll agree with you guys. I'm kinda glad there's like, no, she just goes to Vegas because that, that's that's yeah. that's what she that's does. That's her dream. Right. Yeah. That's her goal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that. That that it doesn't end with, oh, I'll settle down and I found a house and I have a home and I have a community now. No. 
No, I want to perform. I want to travel. This is what I want to do. And she follows that dream. You're absolutely right, Sam. I love that. The story of the teenagers in this, I really like. It reminds me of how you're talking about how she has inspired so many people, Lady Gaga and so on. It, it's it's a metaphor of, of her life once again. She has inspired many. And she comes into this town. She's new. She's interesting. The kids are tired of old conservative values where nothing gets done. And they're inspired by her and they want to help her. And well, the boys want to help her because, you know. But the girls also want to help her because, you know, like, was, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. was anybody else like, <laughs> was anybody else like, I'm not, I'm not mad at this, uh, about, I'm mad at the jail scene at all. Like, the jail scene is like perfect. Yes. Like, I, like them crashing through the, the, the jail <laughs> the to help cell. her. And like, it's just like, this is not a problem. This is not a problem. Like, it's, oh, God, oh, kids, you're, you're trying to help me. And it's, it's a bunch of viral young, young, young teenagers and everything. You're too young. You're, you're, well, d- 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 they're played by, you know, adult actors i'm assuming but i i don't know it could just yeah the riffs could happen and yeah all that sam and zach how do you feel about how did you feel about the the jail scene hilarious um i kind of love the uh general idea that uh at at least at the first um when you have gonk turn into the rat it's like okay that dog is super not loyal which eventually you find out is you know not the case but no it was it was fun uh Overall, I like the idea that the teenagers are extremely well-meaning, if not exactly competent, uh, and their rescue attempts. It's like, okay, wrong cell. Good job. Uh, yeah, just just enjoyed the uh, priest giving us like, oh, yes, I'm going to help you. Well, not actually help you, just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save you. Heal her <laughs> and her creamy white skin uh, yeah. <laughs> yes i don't think that the the podcasters the people who are listening to the podcast can hear but liz very very nicely like leaned forward to the camera and with the with the with the with their claws and was like ah yes <laughs> let me let me delve into those uh those booby grabbing hands mammogram hands mammogram hands hey it isn't very important <laughs> to get things checked it is very important to get things checked, yes, but not with the Catholic Church. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just one of those boys who shows up to the yard looking getting after that milkshake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um Gonk I thought was I it was kind of cool that she had a familiar that could turn into different uh animal shapes. Um I, I kind of like the cheesiness of the VFX of the, the transformation. I'm I'm reaching, guys. I I really don't have much to say about this movie. I I watch it. I promise. Well, like. I think nowadays, uh, Gonk would have been in like an Alexa, and it would have just been yeah. her yeah. voice talking back to her, and she would have been, oh, I love this or something, and yeah. then like it would be revealed that oh, it can turn into different things. Like oh, hello. As I was watching this, I was I was thinking how nice it would be to do another Elvira movie to where she's a lesbian in it and she's interested in a woman instead of instead of a Bob. And I I was thinking about the Alexa aspect of we don't need physical spell books anymore. We're in the digital age. So but the spell book wasn't important. And I like that it was what was important is that the magic was in her. 
it's a good metaphor for if you want to do something, do it. Go for it. Go for your dreams. I do like at the end where it's basically like, oh, yeah, and the magic ring apparently doesn't work at all anymore. But that's not important because that was never like the whole thing. It was never. Yeah, it was a focus <laughs> point, not a not an actual magical artifact. I loved the recipe. I loved her cooking and it turning into a demon. That's one of my favorite scenes ever. It was it was fun when the thing the the sock puppet thing came out like that was it was fun, you know, like. And then they put it down the uh, garbage disposal. That poor yeah. demon. Yeah. He was summoned and just sent away the worst way possible. That would have been my pet. What would you have named the demon? Terry. Terry. Because I'm sure he would tear someone eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she tried to redo it, but she replaced it with Hamburger Helper. <laughs> and then the whole sex scene in the middle of the morality club. <laughs> when, when she sat down on that man's face. I was just, I forgot yep. all about that part. And I was watching it. And I was like, oh my God, she sat on his face. <laughs> We're not even talking about Kaniki is in this. Kaniki is, is just like a thug. In a thug <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Kaniki that. from Kiris is a thug character, is, is one of the two thugs that are just like, hey, hey, you're cool. Yeah, you oh should. Oh my god, you, yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was yeah. cheese. Yeah. She, she just yes, kind of waves him. I was like, oh yeah, go away. Sorry. Of course, Tim Burton could have could have been directing this movie. You know, I'm I'm actually not a big I'm actually not a big Tim Burton fan, but I do think this would have been a better movie if he had done it. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I think so, probably. Who is Phil? Who? What else has Phil Rubenstein done? Uh, I looked him up. He was an SNL. He directed a bunch of SNL episodes, which that there's a whole live component to that. But yeah, he's he's an SNL guy. Yeah, yeah. SNL is getting canceled anyway. So I feel like they've been saying that for thirty years, though. Like it feels like the thing about SNL is that it's people say it's like oh a certain era. This is the worst it's ever been. It's like honestly, it varies. That's the entire point of it, is that it varies greatly. You get in different writers, you get in different performers, and you have a variety of different skits. It's, yeah, it, it is going to change over time in quality and also just style. Yes, because things happen. It's it's a pop culture improv show. Yeah. So things have to change. Um, Lauren Michaels is retiring, and that's why everybody is saying that it will actually end. But Lauren Michaels wants to go after fi after. 50th anniversary. Um, he thinks that it's time to retire and everybody feels like that it's just going to go down from, from there. But Will Ferrell and Tina Fey are still executive producers of SNL. Uh, a lot of people don't really realize that. There, he has trained the people that he's leaving it to. So everybody, Keenan Thompson is even talking about leaving, but Keenan Thompson also has a lot of other opportunities at this moment. You know, he has his own sitcom. He has he has a film coming out. He can stand away from SNL now 
and be comfortable. I don't think it's going to be the end. I think that it'll still go strong after Lauren is gone because Lauren is replacing himself with a lot of people that still understand the comedy. You have hope. I, I, I will. I will. I will hold out hope. I actually agree with that. Like I, I barely keep up with SNL anymore. I'll watch the occasional episode of the occasional sketch. But like I actually agree. I, I don't think that they're going to end it because SNL has always like I know Lauren Michaels has always been there, but it's always been a revolving door of different writers and different performers anyway that like I think the concept of it is it's just a live sketch comedy show it's like there's no reason why they can't continue that with with different creatives at the head of it personally so exactly he's he's produced most of the movies like this elvira uh movie for ages and i think that there will always be openings for parody and satire and this improv it's it's a beast in and of itself i'm not worried all right, well, let's go into our overall thoughts and our score of 1 out of 10. Zach, why don't you start? So, this movie took a little while to get off the ground for me, I'll be honest, and I'm not entirely certain it ever really soared to great heights. Ultimately, I decided that I guess that is mostly a style thing. I think that this movie resonates super hard with some people, but if it doesn't really resonate with you, if you don't feel it deeply... Yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be for everybody. Ultimately, there was some, there were some funny jokes. Um, I do feel that they like way overused the pretty much the same boob joke like ten times, and maybe that in itself, the overuse of it is funny. Yeah, it's it's entertaining enough, but uh, yeah, ultimately it doesn't stick with me very much. Um, I'm gonna have to give this one a six out of ten. Oh wow, you're way too nice, Zach. Oh Jesus, <laughs> uh, Steph. You go, why don't you go next? I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna give her, I'm gonna give, oh, Cassandra Peterson gets a 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> obviously. And Elvira, get, as a character, gets a 10 out of 10. This movie as a movie, I would say I would give it an 8 out of 10. Really, it's just, a, it's, it's, if you're, if you're someone that loves B-movies, if you're someone that loves science fiction, if you're lo- someone that loves horror, if you're a Halloween fan, like, I I mean, maybe it's just because I've been a Halloween fan my entire life, uh, but, like, I feel like everybody loves Halloween. Like, so... This is a this is a must see in my in my opinion because it because it is so iconic and it's so it's it's foundational to the kind of sci fi horror genre uh, in a way that maybe not like Ray Bradbury is but I, I but it is it's it it is that influential like I said she is she has inspired Lady Gaga she's inspired. I'm sure so many, so many of the the queens of drag, and she's and and she really contributed to the conversation around the queering of horror and the other and the pariah uh, that is just so foundational to science fiction and horror. Maybe it's the fact that again, I really did not grow up with this character at all. Like this, like I I was aware of Elvira. I had heard of Elvira. But to be honest, like, I hear the name Elvira, I just think of the, uh, again, the Simpsons parody, Booberella. Like, that's what I think of before I even think of Elvira. And so I'm, I'm coming in with, without any kind of prior attachment to this character. Like, this movie really was kind of my full introduction to this character and, and watching this movie for the first time for this podcast. Are you an ass man, Sam? Am I an ass man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like I like some boobs. I like some titties actually. I I do. Like. <laughs> 
I'm more. I'm, I'm actually old fashioned. I'm an ankle guy. Um, an ankle <laughs> guy. There you go. <laughs> no, I, but I was gonna say, um, this is this is weird to say. I wish the movie was worse than it is, because for being a B movie schlock thing. I think that I could have gotten a certain amount of enjoyment out of it in sort of that kind of ironic, so bad it's good kind of way. But it's not that bad, but it's also not good either. The movie is aggressively mediocre, which to me is like worse than if it were like all good or all bad. The character is unique, but she's plucked in a really generic movie. That's the problem I have with it. There were one or two jokes that made me chuckle, but most of the humor honestly fell flat for me. Uh, three out of ten. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm never watching this movie again in my life. I, I will say that. <laughs> Come on, you're gonna watch more things with Elvira, though. Maybe. I mean, this, this wasn't a great first experience. Yeah, but it, it's just, it's, it's not for me. So three, three out of ten, and I, I, I actually contemplated giving it a two to be honest. But I think, I think Elvira is entertaining enough as a character to not go complete bottom of the barrel. But this, this was not my movie. This really was not. All right, so we have Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. We have witchcraft. We have Kermit's usual, hey guys, let's go to Hollywood. How are we going to pay for it? Ha ha ha. Except it's in Elvira form. And we get quirky characters. We get a demon from what she thinks is some type of recipe that she can cook for this man because he's like a Tinder date to her. We have sex positivity. You're both going to puke. It's important for the listeners to know if, if this is your first time hearing me speak about movies, you should know that my taste is trash. I'm like a raccoon. I see trash and I collect it and I lick it and I wash it and I love trash. But I think I think Mistress of the Dark is one of those movies that's for the misfits. It's for those people that aren't quite normal, and we know it. And it's okay, and that's exactly what the movie says. You're a misfit. It's okay. You're not hurting anybody. Um, so I think it speaks low to the people that it should speak to. Um, it's fun. I giggle all the way through it. The way that she dog buries this, you know, the character from uh, from uh, Much Ado About Nothing, dog berry mixes up his words, and you've got to do it so subtly, so subtly, like she got a standing ovulation. It's vaudeville at its best, and it's mixed with horror, and that is me. So I have to give this movie a 10 out of 10 because it's entertaining to me every time. And the practicals still stand up, what they're going for. It is a B movie to be remembered. And 50 years from now, it will still be watched like we watch the horror movies that we did in the 60s. I'm sure it will be by people who are not me, so... <laughs> <laughs> I will say what what other uh, actually my, the third kind of thing I'll say about this movie is that I was glad it was only ninety minutes long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, that's important though, Sam. That's important. You don't go over ninety minutes. Don't go over ninety minutes. We're tired of that shit. No more long fucking movies. <laughs> Sam's right. Sam's three favorite things about this movie are uh, the that uh, that it ended. I, I, I'll, 
I'll throw I'll throw tits in there. Sure, I like tits. <laughs> like, all right, fair enough. That's two reasons. Oh yeah, actually, that's two things. So one day I did, and then one tit, two tit. That's three right there. Yeah, that's, all right. All right. That's <laughs> <two>. <laughs> um, but uh, Zach, you said that they did too many boob jokes, and that's actually something that Cassandra Peterson does because she wants her audience. And she says this in some of her live shows. Are you tired of the boob jokes yet? You are. Well, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we reviewed this. And I'm glad we had you, Steph. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad to be here, too. uh, Oh, yeah. I'm I'm glad that we definitely had two people to kind of advocate for this movie. Because, like, the reason that I wasn't, like, as vocal during this review is because I just don't even feel strongly enough about this movie one way or another. Even Like, I I don't even hate it enough to really tear it apart. It's like, it was a movie that I watched, you know? It's like, uh. Trash art is art as well. Trash flowers. And, and see, like, I, that's my, my point is I, I kind of wish that it was trashier in a way. It's like, I wish it was a movie I could heckle more easily, but it just, yeah, it, it, it really did feel like they took some generic script and dropped a liar into it was, was how I felt about it. But, you know, yeah. it was, it was very, it was very generic and formulaic to me, but I'm glad, I'm glad it has its fans. I mean, it's, it's a movie that apparently means something to some people, you know, it's a, I I I, th- I don't think I'm ever somebody who's really gonna get this whole the whole of Elvira thing, but you know I I get that I get that she's an icon to some people, so you know Steph again it was great to have you on the uh, the podcast. Uh, before we kind of sign off, um, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Any social media or anything that that you're working on at the moment? I'm at Hot Mess Dot Witch. Uh, if you are in Denver or Santa Fe, and then soon to be Texas, Meow Wolf is fantastic. I have a lot of uh, if you if you follow me on Instagram, all my friends are on there. Just follow all my friends; they're all brilliant. At hotmess.witch. At hotmess.witch. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we'll definitely uh, yeah definitely give Steph a follow, and yes, keep up with all all, all the amazing stuff she's working on. Uh, Zach, where can the folks find you? Folks can find me on the Facebook as Zachariah Schneider. They can find me on Twitters and Instagram as Zachariah Schnet4. Zachariah S-C-H-N-E-4. Liz, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on the corner of Hollywood and Vine. I've got new boobs. <laughs> no, <I'm playing>. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on all social media uh, under the Liz Tory L Y Z T O R Y the Liz Tory. I'm Sam Wilson. You can follow me on Instagram at S C Wilson underscore Actor. You can follow my band Gas Station Boner Pills at the Band of Boners on Instagram. And you can follow NerdShit at the NerdShit Pod on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That's at the NerdShit Pod. Make sure that you're subscribed to us anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on all platforms, so make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review, a star rating, and let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also send a DM to any of our social media accounts, and we do we do t- uh, take a look at those as well. I think that's how uh, Steph got on the show, is by, by dropping a DM and saying, hey, you want to do Elvira? So so we do take people's requests and we might even have you on the show as well. So make make sure you uh, request if you have any movie requests. We do we do usually take those. So as as evidenced by the fact that we're here today. So th- thank you so much, Steph, for making me watch this movie. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so up next, we are going to be reviewing Birds of Prey. 
And the Vitabius Emancipation of Heart 1, Harley Quinn. That's going to close out the DCEU, uh, not counting the one that's in theaters right now, Black Adam. But up, up until then, yeah, like it occurred to me, I want to go ahead and do that because that'll actually, again, other than Black Adam, that'll actually complete our reviews of the DCEU movies. So. And that's one I'm actually quite excited to get on to. I actually kind of love that movie. Like, yes. <laughs> it's a really good movie. Yep. I'm glad. I'm glad. I once again will get to be the asshole for Zack Snyder, <laughs> Wayne's story, and Steph House. I'm Sam Wilson. Thank you for joining us all for Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Stay shitty, nerds. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. So strap on in, girls. We're talking about the Nerd Shit.